Welcome to the Church Home Parenting Podcast. Damon and Christine here, and we have a fantastic conversation today about a topic that impacts every single human adult's life, and that is money. Money, yes. And even more so, we're talking about money and its relation in your marriage and how that relates to how we parent, and it's it's a great conversation. Right, and the fact that that's your nickname for me. Money. <laughs> right? No, that's oh. not. Sorry. <laughs> but today we get to sit down and talk with David Kroll about this very thing, about parenting, marriage, and money. Or if you're a single parent, parenting and money. And I hope that the conversation and even the wisdom that David shares that comes out of this talk, uh, it helps you right where you're at. So enjoy. So, David, uh, money plays a very, very small role in marriage. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that. That it's uh, <laughs> really it's an afterthought. Very few parents even think about money, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never thought about it. So, yeah. okay, this is, that this concludes is a new conversation. the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, if you're a human being, um, it would be interesting to actually like tally how much time we spend about thinking about money and. And money's money's a big deal to everybody. It becomes, I think, an even bigger deal when you get married, and then when you have kids in the mix. Because who knew how freaking expensive children are? Yeah, no joke. Nobody prepares you for that. Like, yeah, kids come with a price tag. Yeah. Um, and especially now that like kids stuff is all like designer fashion, like. Gucci stroller and, and all of that. It, 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 money, which I know you and Christine roll with. Right? <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. Totally. We have a whole different set of like kids' clothes that we like don't let them wear here at church because we don't want people to get like intimidated. But let's just say we have them flown in from Paris all the time. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but just maybe David talk about this whole idea of the role money plays and how we think about money, really, how we manage money in the context of marriage and parenting. Yeah, I think the what you just said as far as how often we really do talk about money um, is indicative not just of our what we can say experientially from our lives, but mm-hmm. as you take a look at Scripture, um, and I've said this before, but if you look at the subjects in Scripture that Jesus talked about most um, and that are discussed the most in the Bible, period, uh, subject number one is the kingdom of God. That's, hmm. that's discussed more than anything. Subject number two is money. It's crazy. And so we've got to ask ourselves the question, okay, if it matters so much to God, um, why, you know, why does he discuss it so much? And I think it's because a lot of times finances are connected to our hearts, right. so, um, which is really what God wants to get to. And so oftentimes we see, um, you know, Scripture says where your treasure is, your heart is there also. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I think we're led, actually, even scripturally we see it's not where your heart is, there your treasure will be. It's where your treasure is, your heart will be. Hmm. Uh, you talk about investing in our kids. As parents, I mean, we love our kids. We love right, our spouse. Right. Um, and so a lot of times we end up spending a lot of money on our family. And, um, you know, we all have different backgrounds. And anybody who has been in a relationship for any amount of time, whether it's dating, engagement, marriage, um, you have likely encountered um, some area of conflict where you and your significant other don't match up one-to-one. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, being aware of our backgrounds. Are we spenders? Are we savers? Are we, um, what do we believe um, as people of faith about finances? Now, right. now this is all, 
just theoretical for you, right? Like you and your wife, Jenna, have no personal experience in this. I read this Am in I the right? book this morning and I just figured <laughs> See, I wanted to sound smart. Thanks for doing that research. Yeah. yeah. Now, Christine I'm about to run out of content, so Christine we should wrap up and I, quick. on the other hand, we have a lot of personal experience when it comes to that. And I love what you said. It's like everybody comes to the table with a completely different viewpoint that right. they either intentionally developed over the course of their life or just subconsciously developed from the way that they were raised. And I would say... Uh, just from conversations I've had, 90% of the time, it's subconscious, hmm. yeah. right? I mean, it's it's we watched somebody do X, Y, Z, not realizing we were learning certain habits, mm -hmm. and right. we carry those forward, which we see in marriage all the time um, from little things like, you know, what's the language that I use to try to care for my wife, right? right? I've learned that subconsciously over time based off of what I've seen, and that oftentimes doesn't always match up to the way that other, right. another person receives For good or love. for bad. Yeah, typically it's um, it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's one's just speaking a little bit too much personally, but no, no. I think I think uh, you know even Jenna and I in the course of marriage, um, we both are spenders by default, mm. right? So we've taken a look at finances and we realize that left to our own vices, it's a dangerous combination. You're both spenders. <laughs> it is. Hey, but at least you're happy while you're doing it <laughs> uh, for a very short time. <laughs> so um, you know, fortunately, there's tools that we have learned along the way as mm. far as communication, um, what it looks like as a family, what do we believe, really starting from our perspective of God first, mm. and what do we think God says about our finances? Because um, it's a question, finances, it's it's a whole picture, right? It's it's one very big portion of stewardship, right? right? And we're called to steward what God entrusts us with. And finances is just, is just one portion of that. However, we see the leading cause of divorce in the United States is money, mm -hmm. right? right? And that's mm -hmm. what's cited, right? It's, it's so much more, but a lot of times, difficulties manifest in the way that we manage our finances. Yeah. Yeah. And Christine, you and I wired a little bit different when it comes to right. money. And I, I would definitely be on the, the, the saver side of things. Mm -hmm. um, I think you've thrown around the hurtful word hoarder uh, <laughs> in the past. Very painful. Very I would hurtful. Say, I would say researcher. Oh, there you go. Okay. So not a hoarder. <laughs> yes. But, when you, but, but probably yeah. probably less prone to spending than, than yeah. you would be. Yeah. I mean, I always thought I was a saver. And then I married you and realized, like, you were the extreme Taking saver. Taking it to the next level, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but that's which was a point of conflict. Right. And and I loved what you said about communicating, David. Yeah. And, and the importance yep. of like, you know, for a husband and a wife, uh, that they're talking about this. Cause it's not an easy thing to talk about. It's definitely because it starts subconscious. I think everything that is it's more painful and difficult and uncomfortable to talk about it consciously. You kind of just want to let things ride. Well, that's just the way things it th that's just the way things it should be the way things are done. Or the way I do things. In the reality, it's like, no, 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 I, I learned this. And is this the route that we want to go? And that you can be intentional about how are we going to manage our money now that we're leading a family? Or for single parents, like now that I have this child looking at my track record, mm -hmm. how do I want to go forward? Do I want to make some changes? And that we're not bound to the past. That we can actually be intentional and proactive about the direction that we want to take our parents. Totally. And there's our parents. It, what are we talking about? Retiring our parents? <laughs> no. How about take our family? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I understood what you just said right there. But, <laughs> Try um, again. I'm just gonna go I with said it. Parents. <laughs> Where are we gonna take our parents? Retirement home, you know, we're gonna I mean, live hey, with us. If that's you know, that could be your yeah, savings yeah, yeah. plan. Yeah. No, but but just maybe maybe just talk about this idea of the importance of communicating um, right. that we're not bound to the path. 
Yeah. Maybe talk about the the idea that we're not bound to our past and even the, our subconscious ways of thinking about money and relating to money, that we can make a decision as a husband and wife or as a single parent that the way we're going to move forward is is going to be intentional and on purpose. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's two buckets, right? There's communication and there's tools. Mm-hmm. And either one of those within this area will probably not serve the family well. Um, and let me expand on that. Uh, you can talk about finances all the time, mm-hmm. but if you don't actually um, figure out what tools you need mm-hmm. to utilize as a That's family good. to accomplish what you're communicating about, mm-hmm. it's useless. And then you can have every great tool in place, but there could be so much fear around discussing the subject of finances that yeah. you never talk about it. Right. And so these tools are in place, but you never really know, are we accomplishing our goals? Do we actually believe in what we're doing? Um, are we assessing where we're at? Are we having conversations as a family to say, hey, are we stewarding mm-hmm. the resource that our house has in the best way possible? So you, got, it's, you can't have one or the other. And mm. I would say... I don't know. I think there can be a lot of shame and and guilt mm. in people starting to unravel the baggage that can be money. Mm-hmm. And um, if debt is a part of the picture, a lot of times people, it's so much easier to avoid it. Ignore yeah. it. Let's just be honest. And and so I think for people to say, hey, I, I don't want to be a victim to this, and um, which is absolutely what, to be honest, statistically a majority of America is. But um, if we're able to be people that say, no, we're willing to actually talk about everything. We're not going to be bound by fear. We're going to address this because we do want to steward the resource that our family has the best way possible. It takes courage. Yeah, and mm-hmm. asking for help mm-hmm. is huge That's as well. That's really good. Um, I think the moment that we rec- can recognize some of the emotions that come up when the subject money, you know, growing up, I was I was taught there were three things that we don't discuss: um, money, religion, and politics in, in our household. Um, and I understand why. It's because you know those are three topics that can cre- they're hot buttons, yeah. and it's so much easier to avoid a hot button than to address it. Mm-hmm. Really, that's not healthy, yeah. right? So, um, especially in the context of marriage, right? The two are one, or even as a family, like you said, a single parent. Um, Finding somebody, hey, who is somebody I can partner with right. in this mm-hmm. area um, who's going to help me strategically to accomplish what I feel like I'm, I'm called to do. So mm-hmm. conversation so key. Jenna and I um, have instituted where every other week we get together, and now it's the, the first and the 15th are kind of the pay cycle. So we make sure that um, on a Monday or Tuesday following the first and the 15th that we always sit down, and we've got a spreadsheet with everything on there. And, you know, we go through the spreadsheet, but it's way more us discussing mm-hmm. um, where we feel like God is leading us. Right. Um, you know, if family is in need of help in any type of a way, okay, how are we going to make sure that we um, allow for generosity to be a huge part of the way that we steward finances? Mm-hmm. But without stewardship, you can't have generosity. Right. So right. Um, that's why this piece is so huge. You know, I- I've heard a lot of people even ask before, like people who are excited about the subject of generosity. Okay, I've got all this debt over here. Um, but I also want to start to be generous. Like, what do I do? Do I give while I'm in debt? Do I not give while I'm in debt? I mean, all great conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think um, bottom line is, is that if we don't get this part of our house in order, being fiscally generous becomes really, really challenging because right. you're always playing catch up. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, you're recommending, it's like, hey, we need to get things in order. First things first, let's talk about, address, and put some tools and a plan in place to to take care of debt. And let's let's adjust spending so that that's going to put our family in a place where we can be generous. And the other thing is like when it comes to money, marriage, and parenting, like we don't – we think these conversations are happening behind closed doors, but things are being communicated and taught to our kids. Right. Like 
it, it's subconscious, it's behind the scenes, but our kids are picking up on things. And, and to think about, like, if there's a parent listening, it's like, oh, man, I just, I don't really manage my money well, or I don't, I, I've got this debt, and it's, it's overwhelming, and I'd rather just not burden my kids with it. Well, actually, instead of being, instead of being afraid of addressing it, think about, you know what, I have an opportunity to rewrite the story here. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they or we didn't get the, weren't equipped, right? Didn't grow up with parents that were like teaching, teaching them, this is how you manage money. Here's how you approach it. Here's the relationship to it. Here's how God sees it. If you didn't have that, well, guess what? We get to rewrite the story now. And that, that the courage to have those conversations, like you're talking about, David, is actually going to benefit our children. And now they're going to be set up for success when it, with, the, with their mindset towards money and their approach totally. to it. Mm-hmm. Man, what a gift. Yeah. That in and of itself is worth facing those things and having those conversations. Yeah, I, I think it takes the mystery out of it, too. When, mm-hmm. you, when you talk about things, um, it makes it less scary or intimidating. It's like putting it out there. It makes it feel like, okay, then we can, we're equipped. We have the tools that we need to to do what God's right. asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and finding those ways to tangibly teach our kids along with ourselves. I mean, don't feel like you can't, t- can't teach your kid because you don't have it in order. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys can all figure it out together. Learn yeah. it together. that honesty around the subject of finances is, um, you know, language is so huge. Mm. And, um, you know, even hearing from people who maybe had um, not as um, much of an abundant financial upbringing, um, but hearing about language and how important that played into mm-hmm. different things um, from some families who came from a mindset of um, of lack of mm-hmm. not just fiscally, but even in their language, yeah. um, the impact that has on kids even as they grow up and mm-hmm. go into financial maturity, where they are now responsible for their financial household, realizing years later, oh my gosh, the way that my parents communicated about money in our household mm-hmm. had such a huge thing. I mean, oh no, we can't afford that. Oh no, we have no money. Oh no, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, which we'll continue to say this over and over again because this needs to, the, the, the mystification of finances, it needs to just be gone. So mm-hmm. if that's what you've been doing, do not feel shame at all. But um, there's power in language and right. saying, you know what, hey, you know, we're not going to do that right now. Or, you know what, we could, but we're just going to choose not to. Or right. just yeah. simple differences like that mm-hmm. can actually start to build culture because mm-hmm. you build a culture in your household. Right. So mm-hmm. what's the culture of our house going to be around money? Mm-hmm. You know, within generosity, for example, is that something that's going to be in isolation of our kids? Uh, or are we going to find ways take for Take them on the journey. Yeah, take them on the journey, partner mm-hmm. with them. Um, I mean, What do you do with your kids? How do you do that with yours? Yeah, I, I heard somebody um, years ago when I was, um, my background is, is in finance. And mm-hmm. so when I was in wealth management, I heard of somebody who was 18 who had inherited a, a large sum of money. And I was working with this individual. That was actually me, David. <laughs> I didn't want to out you. <laughs> I'm a but, trust fund kid. Yeah, you know. Um, but they they had been taught from an early age. Their dad taught them, said, hey, hmm. you... Um, you, you make, you know, of 100% of what you make, you're going to save 10, give 10, and then keep the 80. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for good or bad, I mean, they had, I think for good, I mean, and they can build on this, but they had something embedded inside of them. Mm-hmm. So that always stuck with me. I was like, man, I want to do that with my kids. So mm-hmm. even now, I mean, our kids are four and a half and uh, our youngest turns two this week. <laughs> and um, he's got it, huh? Dude, he is like... <laughs> he is- 
He's Haunt. making money. The lemonade stands these kids are running, <laughs> let me tell you what. But no, just just trying to teach him. Um, my mom has been um, had this, uh, this little piggy bank, and it got full recently. And so we um, took it to Coinstar, holler, and um, <laughs> dumped it out and put it on, a, you know, an Amazon gift card. Um, but we saved some of it. And I said, hey, you know, we, we talked about the importance of, hey, saving, mm-hmm. giving, and then spending. Mm-hmm. And even the concept of first fruits. What do we do first? There's yeah. such power in what you actually do do first. So right. are we going to be spenders first? Are we going to be givers first? Are we going to be savers first? For us, we've decided we're going to be givers first. Yeah. So, um, and that's what we see scripturally. So that's what we want to do as a yeah. family. We want to be back givers to that first. heart thing you were talking about. Totally. Yeah. So we are just walking into a new season as parents. Mm-hmm. We have a daughter in middle school. Right. She is called a preteen <laughs> or teenager. Yes. For those of you parents like us who have a teenager, well, um, almost teenager. I don't think we get to lump ourselves in that group yet, babe. <laughs> we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. But church- Farm league. We're farm league <laughs> parents of teenagers. <laughs> it's happening. It's coming up. But we have on Church Home Global, we have this great community specifically for teenagers. That's right. It's called Youth Culture, and it's full of groups for them to join, amazing content, messages, funny videos. It's an amazing way for your teenager to be a part of the church home community. So make sure to tell them about it and have them check it out today. You use the term first fruits, which is like a biblical term. No, we, t- we I hear that what? every day. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how, how, do you, how, do you, how would you explain to somebody, what does the concept of first fruits mean? Yeah, the concept of first fruits we see um, in Scripture, basically talking about bringing an offering to the storehouse. And the reference there within Scripture would be bringing the first fruits of a harvest. So if you think about so much of scriptural language would be So from like agricultural. an agricultural society. Yeah, so super agro. So <laughs> think about... Um, you know, let's say you owned an apple orchard, right, back in biblical days, Mm -hmm. and uh, Scripture says, bring a portion of your first fruits to God's house to help supply as an offering um, to God, to say, Mm -hmm. God, thank you. I thank you for all that you provided. It's all yours, and and I want to remind myself of that by bringing first fruits to the house. Um, That concept is also discussed as tithing, right? Mm -hmm. What bringing the first 10% of my income into God's house, where I go to church, the local church where I'm actually being fed and I'm a part of community. Um, And so for us, even with our kids, like that 10%, like it's going to church home. Like Mm -hmm. that's their church. You guys are their pastors. And, you know, this is where they get to invest in. There's so many other ways, though, that you can also bring generosity in. I think, honestly, the concept of what we're talking about within First Fruits is a lot more taboo to discuss today. Hmm. Um, and what's a lot easier to discuss are being um, kind or generous, and um, which is so awesome. Our society is coming a long way in understanding what generosity is from a heart perspective. But, um, you know, there is power in mm-hmm. actually leading in generosity in God's way. And right. so um, for us, we've just made it a point like, hey, it's had a huge impact on our lives. I didn't grow up that way. Mm-hmm. Um but since I've started living my life that way, I have seen a tremendous impact in our mm-hmm. life. And I'm like, man, I want my kids to experience the same impact within the freedom of stress and anxiety in their right, finances. Right. And let me start that now so they never have to experience some of the bad feelings I've had. Mm-hmm. So good. I love that, David, that the goal the goal is not millions. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's great. Cool. It would be, it'd be awesome. But that's not the priority. Right. right. The priority is a life that's not bound by stress mm-hmm. and not bound by the anxiety of do I have enough and in that tight fisted grip. Um, man, to live a life 
that isn't controlled by the fear of, will I have enough? Mm-hmm. That's the goal because that's, that's God's plan. And having money in the bank and being able to live, leave, leave money to our kids as inheritance, like, yes, 100%. We're all in for that, right? right. But ultimately, that's not the goal. Like the verse in the, in the Bible that says that godliness with contentment is great, great gain. gain. That no matter where we're at financially, that's not the point. The point is, is that God wants us in our marriages, our parenting, for a single parent, to be content. Right. And to be anxiety-free and to trust him. And that's what saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my money. I'm going to trust. Because that's a, that's a risk. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. It's basically saying, hey, I'm not going to like pay all my bills first. And then if I've got stuff left over, then I'm going to give something to God. It's saying, you know what, before I do anything else, God, I'm going to put you first. And then I'm going to take care of the rest. And that's the tension between faith and stewardship because mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. to coexist. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Faith would be like, you know what? I have so much faith. I'm just going to give and uh, just trust that God is going to provide. You know what? There's a right time for that mm-hmm. if it's led by God. Right. Yeah. But um, if you self-conjure that up, yeah. I would be nervous for you. Right. <laughs> right. You're just like, you know what? I'm going to put God to the test. I'm just going to – okay, it, it might work out for you, and that would be awesome. But um, I want my generosity to be God-directed, mm-hmm. right, which always means – because what does God want? He wants relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So – um, stewardship, stewardship, stewardship is so key. It's like, man, and as we steward those things, our response is faith. Mm-hmm. And as we live in faith, our faith grows. Um, yeah, it's just an exciting journey to to to, to be on. I think um, living an open-handed, generous life with everything yeah. God has given us is the only way to That's live. That's the goal. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think faith and stewardship coexisting, um, saying, God, I want to steward this well, but I'm always living open-handed. If you ask me to do something that's risky... That is a part of the stewardship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's risk is so um, in our heads when it comes to God. It's like, man, the riskiest thing we could ever do is not obey God, mm-hmm. right? So... I it may feel risky, but in reality, I'm just exercising my faith muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And that gets exciting because you know what? I want to be a man of faith. I want to give away a house one day. I want to give away a car one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even own a house right now, but you know what? That's one of a it's a giving goal. Yeah. Jen and I talked about this week. Like, hey, we want to give away a house one yeah. day. And so having those goals, not just for what you want to get, but what mm-hmm. you want to give. There's such power in that, and you get what you go for. I mean, it's amazing. It's not just the power of positive thought, but God hears your prayers. Yeah. And, you know, do you come from a mindset of, of surplus or deficit? And I think mm-hmm. reminding ourselves that in Jesus we have surplus says mm-hmm. that he shall supply for all of our needs. And do we believe that? Or mm-hmm. when our bank account is dwindling and we don't know how we're going to pay the next bill, do we succumb to a deficit mindset? Man, or that— fear. That's mm-hmm, really yeah. that's really where the risk is, is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to put my faith and trust in God. I'm going to put it back in my own hands. That's why generosity yeah. is so key. Yeah. So good. And how amazing, too, when we model that for our kids and to think about them experiencing that at a young age and they don't know any difference, right? Mm-hmm. If, they're, yep. if they're walking through yeah. their lives, believing God, having that faith and stewardship coexisting, and it's it's so exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a sad irony that... Like we as 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 parents or as a married couple would sacrifice something that is the priority, which is their relationship, over something that is not the priority, which is money. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet money has this ability to convince us that it is the priority and that it needs all of our attention and it deserves all of our focus and our peace and it wants to it, – in, in that sense – that fear of not having enough wants to consume, and it also wants to separate. And 
refusing to let that happen. And so, you know, if somebody's listening that maybe their relationship with their spouse has become adversarial or they've just stopped talking about it or whatever it is to stop and go, no, I am, I am not going to let the fear of not having enough um, drive a wedge or cause there to be like a, a, a slow degrade. Because you, you said it, David, one of the number one causes for a divorce or the ending of a marriage is anxiety and disagreement over money. Mm-hmm. And to realize that this is a real thing. And, it, and it's something that affects everybody inside and outside of the church. And yet we do have the Holy Spirit and that he wants to help us not live in fear. And to talk these things through so that the main thing stays the main thing, which is the grace of God, relationship with him, and then the relationship with each other, and that money is a tool, uh, and that we can be proactive about this. We can change the story. And we're just so grateful for you, David, um, your example, Jenna's example, and who you guys are to the church home community and what you're doing, what God's using you to do to help all of us begin to grow more and more in this mindset of God has given to us so that we can be generous to others. It's awesome. We, no, we appreciate, appreciate your friendship. We're very much on the journey uh, along with the entire community. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of verbalizing what we're sharing as we go. So thank you guys. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. That was such a great conversation. It was. Just talking about how we deal with money. And I know that's something that we've had to work mm-hmm. through in our own marriage, yep. making sure that we're on the same page with how we deal with money, how we spend money. It's, it's important. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we've had to work at is is how money can like it can just cause anxiety mm-hmm. and it can cause worry and so it may not even be like the actual dollars and cents but it's that kind of over lurking looming anxiety of are we going to have enough like what's going to happen in the future like mm-hmm. parenting comes with so many unexpected bills right yeah. like kids are just expensive they're expensive yeah and I know for us, like, that's something that we've had to just talk each other through at times. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. You know what? God's got us. Um, we don't have everything under control, but he does. Mm-hmm. And so I know for us, like, one of the things I'm grateful for is just particularly one of the things that David talked about was communicating. Yeah. And the importance of communicating about money and maybe not yelling about it in, in the heat of the moment, <laughs> but when you're not in the heat of the moment, just talking things through and where you're at and, and deciding, you know, we're not going to let money or the worry about money rule our marriage, and we're not going to let it affect our parenting and the atmosphere in a home. I'm just really grateful for that. Yeah, that was really good. And we're going to continue this conversation, too, mm-hmm. in our next podcast, talking about finances and money and how we help our kids walk that out with their own money. So good that we actually have the opportunity to teach our kids how to steward and manage money. I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be good.